It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana, and you're listening to the Mall Over Cotpost. Hello, and welcome to this week's Mall Over Podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives you all the news, views, and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with the West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we are at Mall Over Podcast, Mall Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook, and you can find all of our podcasts on Apple Pods, on Google, on Anchor and lots of other podcast providers. I'm joined this week by uh, nicest man in Cornish Rugby Podcasting, Ben Eustace. Hi, Ben. Hi, mate. I'm just going to speak normally this week because I made a weird noise last week. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And there was lots of comments on the weird noise. Uh, And I'm also joined by the Lensman. Hi, Doug. Hello. That was a very basic introduction. Let's not uh, fanny about with it too much. some good news on the uh, on the early autumn internationals match point front. For those of you that don't know, we are running a, a match point predictor league. So get yourself over to the match point app where you can win points of Guinness in local Guinness serving establishments. Um, it's not too late to join. So this week there's six autumn internationals. So you can try and predict six scores and win yourself some free Guinness. Um all you have to do is pick the winner of each game and how many they'll win by. And if you get within 10 points of the correct score, you can win a pint of Guinness for your friend and get within five uh, five points and win a Guinness for yourself. So uh, use the code MALLOVER to join the league. 26 people joined the league last week, lads. Uh, each received a free pint of Guinness inside the Matchpoint app. So... That's good news for, for everybody that joined before the 31st of October. And also, I want to say a big well done to Nuki Hornet and Wales fan. You know, let's not go too deep into that. But Scott Pierce, who is, um, he predicted a perfect 38 point uh, Scotland, um, sorry, New Zealand 38. And he had Scotland by 45. So in both matches, he was just one point out in total which is makes him joint top in the national league of nearly 20,000 people, which is a pretty decent effort. So uh, yeah, 
fair play. As we go through, we might uh, we'll go through and, and give our match point predictions towards the end of the pod. Looking forward to next week's towards next week's games. Um, what does he want? A free pint of Guinness. Well, that's if that's not what he wants, that's what he's getting. <laughs> Maybe he'll get two because he was within five pints. Five pints. Literally. Five points. He'll literally get two pints of Guinness. Yeah. Let's not get back into that. Um, <laughs> so there was some rugby at the weekend. Um, a couple of autumn internationals, as I mentioned. And there was also a full uh, card of premiership action, which started on Friday night at King's home for Gloucester versus Exeter, which Exeter ran out victorious. I'm going to put it out there now. I have watched absolutely zero rugby. Um, as discussed, I've been in Portugal. Uh, no rugby in Portugal, just lots of beer and golf, Doug. Well, I was on that on that end. I have a little idea for a, a skit we can do instead of our usual rabbiting on about the same old crap that every other podcast rabbits on about. And idea idea I thought, for a show. Yeah, idea for a show. Plot thus. Ripped straight from the uh straight from the bowels of the Bill Simmons podcast where him and his mate cousin uh, him and his cousin, I think, cousin Sal, play Guess the Lines. Right. Okay. So what they do for each week of the NFL season, they go Sal goes on to the the Vegas bookmakers. And uh, they set handicap lines for each game. Okay. So for and it fits in nicely with match pint as well. It could give you a little bit of um, a little bit of a steer if you're wondering which way to go on some of these matches. So what you need to do, or you could got, ask Scott. Scott. Well, yeah, you could do that. But what what you two need to do? We're going to keep a score over the season. I think we should do this more than once. But right. So okay. There are. Five international matches, obviously, and yeah. six premiership matches. And I'm on Betfair because that's where I am. And I'm looking at the handicaps for each game. So I want you to give me, to the nearest couple of points, a result for Ireland against Japan in score terms and whoever gets closest to the bet fair number will win that game and we'll keep a tally and the winner is the person who gets the most at the end of the podcast. Okay. So you're going to keep a tally of this. Are you? I will keep a tally. I, I will um, endeavor to not fuck that up. You're going to be tally man, tally whacker. Right. Okay. So Ireland versus Japan to start then. Is getting it? my notepad. So the first game I want you to uh, come up with, I guess the line for is Ireland against Japan and it needs to be uh, the winner and the uh, result. Okay. Well, not the result, the, the winning margin, the winning margin. So Ireland against Japan is quite an interesting one, isn't it? Cause Japan have brought over quite a strong squad, I think. And Ireland have picked a couple of bolters. Yeah. And Ireland aren't their strongest at the moment. Are they? They're a, they're a side that's very much in, in transition few of the old guard have, have been left behind. Um, thing is with Japan, you never really know how they're going to show up. And I think... You, you're you know, so close to calling them inscrutable. Um, no. In Why what? Would I, do? I don't even know what that means. 
<laughs> well, that's that's flummoxed the entire podcast. Um, isn't that isn't that a, isn't that isn't that a thing they always used to say back in the day? Well, maybe no idea. Maybe not. Back in back sure, in. Let's what, go with that. Right. Yeah. Oh well, I I'm not I'm not entirely sure what type of Japanese side ever is going to turn up on on any given day, but I think they could run Ireland close here. And what I've what I've put on my match point is uh, is actually Ireland by thirteen. Ireland by thirteen. Yes. Okay. And Ben, what, what are you I going th- for? <clears throat> I don't think that's far off, but I think the bookies might have given Ireland a little bit more. So I would say uh, 17. 17. Well, Russ, you're going to get the first one. It's uh, actually Ireland by 13. So Is that what the actual the money line is, you, is it? You, you can have that one, mate, for free. That's not Tremendous. a bad one at all, Tremendous is it? news. Um, good start, and I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. So we'll move on to the next game. Um Italy against New Zealand. Now you could say what they what they tend to do on the Simmons podcast is they they rank the games by watchability. So if we do this again, I'll do that. But okay, one of the categories is the poop factor, which is <laughs> the absolute worst game. So they go poop factor, barely watchable, watchable, and game of the week. Right. Okay. So um, Italy, New Zealand. There's a lot of crap games this week to be fair but it's Italy New Zealand New Zealand fresh off the back of that absolute arsing of Wales which everyone loved to see um Bowden Barrett apparently one of the most overrated players in in the world yeah. if you listen to uh old uh spud face <laughs> old wrinkly ball sack um yeah I mean let's let's not get too deep into this but I just wanted to there was uh there were lots of let's call them pithy remarks on the Guardian website um, about domestic violence, um, you know, not condoning domestic violence, obviously, by, but by not, by Spudface, not Spudface, <laughs> by by uh, somebody that writes pithy remarks online oh, for the okay. Guardian. Um, right. And I can't Isn't remember that what, everyone that writes for the Guardian. Well, you know, I don't want to upset now. Me. Now I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you not remember? I had an argument with somebody who may or may not host another podcast and who claimed to have made it by writing online for oh, it. Right. Yeah. 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 There. Anyway. And they were, um, they were talking about how, uh, you know, because Wales were getting beat, obviously. Um, and I don't think this individual was actually Welsh, but because they were getting beat, it was a very much a case of, oh, well, you know, let's just um, let's just throw some grenades out there, shall we? Uh, I think it was uh, Havili for New Zealand, and then right. just anyway, it's by by the by. Um, so your review of uh, your your quick um, sort of summarization of uh, Italy New Zealand basically revolved around domestic violence. Is that yes, what it did. Yes, it did. Yeah, cool. which which cool. In no way, no way do I condone. <laughs> um. Okay, well, you know, what, what are you saying? Well, I said um, New Zealand. Oh, go on, Ben, you shoot first. You go first this time. Listen to that. He got it on the he- on the nail on the head last time, yeah. which meant I didn't have a chance, but he still wants to go first again. Right, nice. Yeah, but you don't um, know. It doesn't matter, does it? Because I don't tell you until you both give me your thing. So. <laughs> Idea for a show. I've very rarely seen the bookies give as much as they might need to in this game. Um, 
By the way, if anyone's got the Betfair app open between you two, that's out of order. I haven't. I'm not a Betfair customer. I'm. I've. I'm recording on my phone, so. Okay. I I couldn't. Um, I would say New Zealand by forty-seven. Forty-seven, Ben. That's quite considerable, Ben. Russ, I've got New Zealand completely asked Wales by that much. So they they have. Um, I've got a feeling it'll be a very different New Zealand side that play against Italy, but I still think they'll be too strong and it'll be New Zealand by 28. 28. Well, Ben, you're going to get that one because it's actually New Zealand by 56. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's, oh, that's one are each. We, are we going to talk about the New Zealand game later? or You can yeah, if we, you want. We, you could talk about it now while we're talking about New Zealand. Well, I... I think Bowden Barrett might be the quickest rugby player I've ever seen. Pro- probably not the fastest, but just the quickest. Like how how quickly he moves over short distances and how quick You're his saying feet he's are. like Teddy Sheringham. The first three yards are in his brain. Well, yes, but he's also then pretty damn quick as well and pretty fast. But but just I don't know. Seems to be there for interceptions a lot. Um, obviously, there's two in that game, and just just br- breaking through gaps. He just moves so quickly. Because they they say that with American football players, don't they? Some of them are quick and some of them are fast. And I think Barrett's just yeah, it just he, seems to he tends eat to up ground as well. He tends to glide yeah. across the turf, doesn't he? Like almost like uh, you see some players and their legs are going. 10 to the dozen, like really, really fast. Like the like, you know, some quick players. i tell you who was the ultimate one for that was Sonotti Sonotti. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure he was ever very fast. I mean, it was, it was huge, but his legs were always doing going for a Burton, weren't they? And he, his body was just not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless he was goose stepping. I just think if, if he had a, um, a foot race with Mardle and Yard over a hundred meters, just on a track. I bet I Yard would beat Mardle over a hundred meters. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what that sounded, Mardle and Yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they they say think... it is one of the fit, like it's a bit of an athletic wonder, isn't it? Phenom. Yeah. Yeah. But I think on a rugby pitch, he's a lot quicker than yeah. you know than, than a lot of people that would probably beat him over a hundred meters on a track. Yeah, but then, like you say, uh, if he if it's knowing, you don't have to be outright fast to be fast through a gap. If that makes sense, you re- yeah. you would read the gap probably quicker than you would run through it because other players would. He Wouldn't makes more of those breaks where there's a dog leg and he spots the dog leg. Yes. Than any other player I know. And 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 that's all to do with how quickly he's thinking, isn't it? And like even even like when he takes an interception or something, because he's onto it so fast and he's got the pace to just you know, it's not like a prop where like the the, the pace difference between him and a winger would be so much that they would still overhaul him but because he's fairly fast anyway and then he's thinking so quickly he's so far ahead that they're never going to catch him yeah yeah um and you know 
the, the other thing I wanted to say about Barrett in that match was I, I, I couldn't believe people wanted a yellow card for that knock-on because if he'd caught that, he, he was under the posts again. I, I can't believe people want yellow cards for attempted interceptions. Whether they're, yeah. it's, it's nuts. People are the worst. I mean, he took, he took that second one. He caught that one-handed and then went in into the corner. So it's not like, it's not like you, you, you see sometimes a, a prop with a three-man overlap outside him just slaps it into the ground. Yeah. It was, he was trying to catch it. And all right, people might say that he was a bit fortunate because that's the way it's refereed at the moment. But I, I wouldn't also want to be complaining about it too much either. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't matter because once, once New Zealand got a lead and decided to enjoy themselves, they just started playing just out of this world um, at the end of the game. Yeah, which was which has got to be fun to watch, right? I mean, any any time Wales are being literally bent over and having their pants pulled down is <laughs> is an absolute joy to behold. Agreed. I mean, it, I mean, it was just it, it, there was a, a ten or fifteen minute period where everything they tried worked. You know, it was just like I'll just flick this ball up in the air and see what happens, and the, and the offload happened every time. But the the, the try they scored. So up in up in the sort of top corner um, where they where they went down the sort of left wing was was unbelievable. Um, you know, st- still a, still a very impressive team on their day, aren't they? Oh, I don't think there's any there's any better really on on their day. But they're not like any team. They're not infallible, are they? And it's just, no, one, of, it's just thought, one of those things. But I'd much rather watch them play than than watch South Africa play. Yeah, you know? I thought I thought the Welsh back row went well. Um, Who was it? Moriarty, Basham, Moriarty, Mo- Moriarty went off just before half time. Um, but Basham was was excellent, carried really well, got around the pitch, and 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 Wainwright's just a quality player, and he he he, he had a really decent shift at eight. It's quite lightweight, though. That to me, like we talk about, we've talked about England's back row being potentially lightweight, but uh, Moriarty is quite a, quite a lump. But other than that, I think you know, Basham and Wainwright aren't the most physical, are they? No, I don't know. I love Wainwright, man. I think he's a decent. He's player, a really good player. He's he's the one Welshman I wish was English. So I think enough. him and Curry would be him, Curry Underhill would be an emotional back row. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, right. Did Ben, did you give your oh, we we did New Zealand, didn't we? we yeah, we, we did New we Zealand. Uh, so, so we'll save we'll save England Tonga. Let's go France, Argentina. I I don't know too much about what's going on with this game or what kind of squad Argentina have got out, but um France at home, surely you would think would be too strong, right? Yeah. But again, like, because I don't know what Argentina have travelled with. And they've always got, you know, that grit and determination of they, Argentina. But they also sometimes tend to fall away. If it doesn't, if it, they don't stay in games for long enough early on, they, they tend to fall away. Um, didn't have it in the Falklands, did they? That's all you <laughs> need to know, mate. I mean, that's that's true. Um, Topical. <laughs> 
I will. Uh, I think it's France by ten. France by ten, Russ. France uh, by ten. Yeah, I was going to say France by twelve. You can say the same thing. Like what I would urge you to do is uh, have a look at the Premiership games, and while we're chatting about this, maybe jot down your predictions for those games so that you don't feel like you need to say something different to the other person. Fair enough. While we're live, I was gonna... while we're live talking. I was going to say 12 anyway. 12? Yeah. Okay, so Russ, uh, Ben, you're going to get this one. It's uh, France by 17. Hmm. So, Ben, you're 2-1 up. Fair enough. About that. Oh, uh, Mark Two's just walked in wearing a rather snazzy Leotard. netball outfit. Not far off, yeah, netball <laughs> outfit. I got player of the match. She got player of the match. Amazing. Oh, tremendous. Well done, Mark um, Moving on, because we won't know too much about that, and I really want to get to the Premiership games. Yeah, Wales let's go. against South Africa could be an interesting game. I don't know. Did uh, were too many of the Welsh players um, stricken, or and what kind of squad is South Africa going to put out? Well, the likes of Faf. Um, Faf's not available, is he? He's not playing, um, and there's a couple of other notable absentees. And, and obviously, Lou Diaga was captain in. W- w- Worcester last week, so he's not going to be fresh, is he? Or having trained with the squad at all? Luke, whenever I hear Luke Diaga, I want to break into a Maroon 5 song. Because they've got the Luke Diaga. They got the Luke Diaga. <laughs> you fat prick. Stop <laughs> it. It sounds bad. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's been something Stop I've wanted to say. getting Maroon 5 wrong. <laughs> it's something I've wanted to, you know, I've, I've thought about it so many times. I can't believe no one's ever said it. What was the other one you used to sing? I can't remember. There was another one, weren't there? Yeah. Definitely. It'll probably um, come to me. It's a pretty brutal couple of games for Wales. Although Wales will be sort of strengthened by, you'd, you'd imagine, um, Dan Bigger will be in Premiership um, players, yeah. and some of those players. So you'd imagine that they'll be slightly stiffer backed, but still, it's a big ask, right? Yeah, I, I absolutely. Um, and yeah, again, off the back of a strong rugby championship, you know, where they lost to to Australia. I think of all the teams that that can play the way that South Africa play very much Gatland ball. Wales are very much in that mold because of the way that Gatland had set them up for so many years. I Um, can only imagine that there will be a world record number of box kicks in this match. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Well, I mean, maybe we should do a a market on under over number of box kicks. And I think the line would be, I mean, 3, the, 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 the spring box are without Faf de Klerk, Cheslin Colby, Malerby, Snayman, uh, PD, um, PSDT, not to be confused with PTSD. Um, and I mean, you might get PTSD after playing PSDT. You're watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I. What are you saying then, Russ? South Africa by nine. By nine, Benjamin. Uh, South Africa by two. By two. 
uh, Russ is going to get that one. South Africa by seven, Ooh. which I think is criminally low. I think they're going to absolutely dick them. Well, we can hope. We can only hope. All right, so we're into games that we probably care a little bit more about. Um, England against Tonga. I mean, I care marginally more about this. My, I, I don't know whether Jones is going to throw the kitchen sink at it, put down a marker, or if um, he's going to start Farrell and Tuolangi and, and Slade. <laughs> he has to start Smith versus Tonga, right? Do you think? Does he? Well, if or if he, does he, he if he's not, does he wrap him is, in cotton wool? No, I, I think if he doesn't start him against Tonga, then he won't. He's not going to play him against Australia. Um, Australia the following week, he's just not going to do it. Or are we just going to be clamouring for him to play Marcus Smith all the time? I think the Tonga game is is absolutely ideal for him, and he could play Smith to Alangi. Slade, he could play Smith Farrell to Alangi if he wants to. Um, oh, I think Farrell I mean, that's, will definitely that's, play. What, that's what he's gonna play, isn't it? He's gonna play that in all the games, I would imagine. Well, I can, I would hope so, but I could also see a world where he plays um Farrell to Alangi Slade with maybe Smith on the bench against some of the bigger boys. I mean, are we in danger of? overthinking this because Tonga literally got smashed to pieces by Scotland last uh, Scotland second 11 last week um well I suppose that's the that's the danger isn't it like but England you can only you only have to look at the like the summer internationals against the USA um Canada look at the, the previous times we've played Samoa and Japan and like the the first game of the autumn internationals, how many times have we like England just been really shit in that yeah. first game, and everyone's gone, "What the fuck was all that about?" Hmm. On, let's uh, let's get a line on, and so we can uh, go and do the Premiership. Okay, Ben, you go first. <clears throat> England by forty-seven. Russ, uh, England by thirty-five. Uh, Ben's going to get this one. Amazingly, it's uh, England by 56 again. So, hmm. and I still think that might even be a bit too conservative. I think we're looking at a USA New Zealand score here. You think? Potentially. Yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be bad for everyone involved. I don't think there's going to be too many positives to come from that particular okay. effort. No. Okay. So if we go on to the Premiership, then we've got some. Uh, it's a bit of a tame week of fixtures, in my view. We've got Leicester v Bath, top versus bottom, on their Friday. Then Bristol, Worcester, Saracens, Irish, Sale Saints, Exeter, Newcastle, and Wasps, Quins on the Sunday. So uh, we'll start with doing chronological order, shall we? Top v bottom, Leicester against Bath. I mean. You would think, in all circumstance, um, it would be a one-way assing because of the way the season's gone. However, at some point, Bath have to put a performance in. 
it's just not going. It's just not going to be this game, unfortunately. If especially if it's if it's at Welford Road. So, what has Stuart Hooper got to do to get sacked? Uh, probably uh, knock out Bruce Craig's daughter. <laughs> knock out or up? No, d- out. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think I think he'd be pretty popular <clears throat> if he knocked her up. But, you know, I think yeah. Bruce Craig probably loves him. It, there, there seems to be it's rife throughout sport, isn't it? These coaches that just sort of live on their likability. If you look at you know, Solskjaer at United. Um, in the NFL, there was a guy called Jason Garrett, who was the Cowboys coach for probably 50 years and was crap constantly uh, and just would never get sacked. And so it got to the point where even the guy that loved him, and I, I think you got to think it's coming soon for Hooper if they don't get off the bottom. They're, I mean, they're adrift now, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, ben, as a, as a Cornwall's favourite bar fan... Is he still there? I just, yeah, I just, I just think, you know, it's going wrong, isn't it? Um, but who are you going to replace him with? I mean, people keep saying Diamond, but I mean, a, a, I'm not a, a big mop fan with of that a bucket move. for a head. Probably yeah. as good a job, right? I just, I just like, I'd like to just find someone, you know, someone that would inspire me. You know, a name that would, you know, if if it's just uh, some, some guy, yeah, I mean that could that could do it. Um, <laughs> Helen Rolleston. Uh, I mean, I've, I was going to make a joke about him not having a leg to stand on, but you just shouted out another <laughs> name and ruined it. Um, <clears throat> I just think, you know, they could find someone from the Southern Hemisphere that I've never heard of. Well, that's Todd Blackadder. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say it uh, because that joke's been done to death. But, um, you know, they could find someone from the Southern Hemisphere that no one's ever heard of or recycle someone from the Premiership. Um, So, you know, a former player as a coach would probably be the best option, but it doesn't seem like they've got the right former player. You know, you've got... You know, Vest, someone like Vesti, who's getting vet rave reviews, and he he finished off at uh, Bath, I believe. Mm. So, you know, maybe something like that. But then they tried Gervin Dempsey, and that was not successful. So, I don't know. Um, I think the biggest the biggest problem for you lot is that Leicester are going to have their fly half, who's making yeah, well, I, the team sing I, at the moment, and you guys I, are going to be without about seven players. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, less George Ford is, you know, he's Eddie Jones is risking looking a bit stupid because he's playing so well. And all right, so is Marcus Smith. And I think, like everyone, I agree that Smith should be starting for England. But the fact that Ford isn't there to be on the bench is a little bit of an odd move, I think, especially because he's been so loyal to him for so long. Um, you know, or I mean, I you know, Farrell could step into ten if if um, something happens to Smith. But also, Ford's playing really well, and it wouldn't make the squad any worse to have him in it. Um, you know, again, exactly what you just said. He was brilliant against Saints on Saturday. Played so well. You know, 
I, I did think to myself, as you know, um, Saints had that dropout from under their own posts with the, the score as it was, it, it made sense for, for them to have a crack at a drop goal. And, um, you know, Ford, luckily it went to Ford and, and he just absolutely middled it, didn't he, between the posts. But, you know, again, it's a heads up play. It's easy for me to think that watching it on the on the screen with the score like in in big letters at the bottom or numbers probably for a score at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> but um, you know, it's not quite so easy when you're playing. Um and you know, he's just you know, his his passing game is 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 really good and and you know, I, I just think he's a bit hard done by. Um so come on, I, I let's let's have a prediction. Um, I think I think uh, because it's the Premiership and the the gulf is between the teams, even top and bottom, isn't as you know high as in internationals. I don't think it'd be quite as much as some of the games we've just talked about. So I think it might be Leicester by fifteen. Leicester by fifteen. Yeah, I Michael. was gonna I was gonna say Leicester by sixteen. 16. Russ, you're going to get it on the nose at 16 points. Lovely. I mean, to be, for a Bath team to be underdogs by 16 points in any match speaks volumes about where they are as a club. Yeah. I I think they've got the the frustrating thing is, is they've got some really good players and like Dougie just said, they'll be missing quite a few internationals. Whereas, you know, um, there, are, there are other teams that won't lose as many internationals, but are doing a lot better at actually winning rugby matches. Um, I mean, it's that thing that it's up. that thing that Ada Exeter had for quite some time, isn't it? They yeah, never yeah. used to lose players to to internationals. Uh, like De Glanville scored a lovely try on um, on, a, on on Saturday, on Saturday, didn't he? Um, but you know he's one of the few that you know isn't injured or called up. Um, I'm just trying uh, to recall the the Leicester game, um, but you know I don't think they're going to be losing nearly as many. I mean uh, Stewart was out, wasn't he? And um, obviously Ben Youngs. Big Dolly's uh, away. Yeah, but. Yeah, other than that, they've still got a lot of key players there, haven't they? Um, v- v- is Visa playing for South Africa? Potentially. Yeah. Um, but you, actually, Dan Cole's playing really well as well. <laughs> well, um, he, but he, you know, they've still got him. Yeah. Leicester, Leicester, I love, I love far too much. So. We're um, we're all tied up at three going into the last five games. By the way, tense, exciting. Tense. All right then, um, Bristol Worcester, Russ. What what are you saying for Bristol Worcester? Um, oh, prediction straight away, and yeah. then okay, Bristol by ten. Bristol by ten. Do you, know, do you know? What? I was going to say Bristol by nine. Bristol by nine. Well, Russ is going to get that one because it's Bristol by fourteen. Which, when you consider where Bristol were last year and how shite Worcester have been, that's that's a, that's that's a small margin, right? Especially Ashton Gate, and you think yeah. you know 
Worcester off the back of a, a pretty decent victory at home to sale last week. You know, the likes of Van der Merwe, you know, after I, after I gave him, gave him an absolute verbal shooing last week, Shilcock put in a performance. Which I heard made him cry. <laughs> well, he, he's obviously proved me wrong, hasn't he? You know, I gave him a, you know, a, I made him literally cry. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, there you the, go. The bad thing for Worcester is that they're going to lose all their good players because, yeah. um, well, they're, they're a good player because Sutherland has gone and uh, Van der Merver has gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you could argue how much impact Van der Merver would have on the wing or by himself with, you know, the likes of Shilcock put, put Van der Merver in and that try, Van der Merver's try was, was very good. Yeah. And Shilcock played incredibly well yesterday on Saturday. Who um, did he put on his ass? Literally when get off me. Oh uh, yeah. And then Van der Merver ran over the sale winger, didn't he? Yeah. Which, that, which that last try to wrap it up. I don't know where that performance came from for Worcester. It did like completely out of nowhere. Completely out of nowhere. It's so weird. And you and, were there, uh, weren't you? Were you were you in the in the I wasn't chair? there. I was I was um directing that match from High Wickham. Is that the uh the new scenario to direct? Yeah, remote the... remote OBs. For for Eddie, if you're listening, Ed, <clears throat> the um what you get at half time is the melt. That is uh, what we send to all the world uh, feed. Um, all the TV companies that purchase the rights for the premiership get those. Um, it's called a melt. It's the run of all the tries so that they can build their highlights packages. And the only way we can send it because we have li- limited satellite time is to do it at half time and full time. That's why you get it. I'm, I'm going to see what I can do about that. Ooh. Big time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, it's not great, but, uh, you know, it's uh, an obligation as a world feed provider to do that. So yeah. that's why you get it, mate. Um, it's not our fault that Peacock choose not to. I mean, it's an expensive process to put presentation at every match, be that in the studio in the States or at the ground. Yeah. Um, so that's why you get that. But yeah. Um, but Worcester are above Bristol in the table. <laughs> After last week, mad, isn't it? it Although you they know, played the game more, I just don't understand them. I, it was out of no, completely out of nowhere. I was expecting basically them to turtle up and have sail tickle their bellies, but it, it didn't happen. Is it? Is it Duncan that quite often says it in in our uh, little Twitter group that was to save up their good performances for international windows? Well, they yeah. used to um, when it was, um, yeah, when it was when it meant something. Yeah, but maybe that they're still sort of, you know, game planning for, you know, you know, Sale don't have that many England players, but they've got a couple of sort of key well, players who would they, have been they, unavailable. They've got a dick load of South Africans. Well, yeah. they didn't have um, Quirk, De Clerk, <laughs> uh, Tuilagi. With a smirk. Curry. Curry, yeah. Uh, so, you know, so they, they were missing a fair few players, but... You know, that was a, and, and to be fair, um, sale, uh, well, 
if if you listen to Sanderson's post match interview, he he was foaming, um, and Sale refused to put a player up for interview. So mm-hmm. I would imagine they were getting torn a new one in the changing room. Yeah, but that, Although, I mean that Sale. I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it was a bad Sale performance. It, it, it certainly didn't feel like they were lazy. They were competitive at the breakdown. They weren't giving away stupid penalties. They were just beaten. Yeah. I mean, you look at that sale side day. That, I mean, man man for man, you would think that they would have a bit too much for them, wouldn't you? But the, I think what, sale are really... They're missing, they're missing AJ McGinty massively. He played. Did he? Yeah, he came yeah, off the bench. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty He's... early as well. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, moving on. Um, well, unless you've got anything you want to say about Bristol, nope, nope. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Saracens, London Irish. Well, gotta be Saracens. Um... Up, up until a week ago, you would have said it was in the balance, but two pretty. Dominant performances yeah. by Saris, right? Yeah, London Irish score score a lot though, don't they? So uh, Saracens by fourteen. Fourteen, Russ. I mean, London Irish—they're they're tenacious. They—they they got they're on the wrong end of one last weekend, but I will go. I think Saracens will just melt them, and I think it'll be Saracens by twenty. Have you got the website open? No. Because that's like the third one you've got bang on the nose. I'm just looking, I'm looking at flash scores and I'm looking at London Irish versus Bristol from last week. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's bang on. Stats by 20, which I think is punchy given the amount of players that Saracens won't have because you'd imagine Cock will be away. Um, Itoje. Um uh, who else? Well, they'll have the Vunapolas, they'll have Lazowski, um Good. Tompkins. Well, Tompkins with Wales? Maybe not. You'd think he would have been <clears throat> with Wales last week if he was going to be with Wales, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you? But yeah, uh, well, no, because it's outside of an international window, so Saracens yeah. didn't have to release him. So Tompkins might be, be back with them, but they, they'll keep Earl. Earl will be back in, like you say. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think I think Saracens will be okay. An Irish lose no one, which I mean, it, uh, it depends how that. For me, it depends how that Irish backline plays because if Rona and Jackson and uh, the other fella, who's the other fella, Hepatima, if they're all playing, and then you've got that back three, Parton, Loader, and uh, Hassel Collins. That is a, that is such an exciting back three. Oh, they, yeah, it, yeah. it really excites people. I think Hazel Collins has been unlucky not to get called up. Actually, I think he's a brilliant, a brilliant player. I think he's got to be. I mean, it's all the talk about Lewis Liner, isn't it? And he's been called yeah. up now this week. And I think, you know, maybe somebody like Johnny May has been really fortunate to get another call up. And Hassel Collins can't be far away. He's, he's got amazing physicality. And he's really yeah, I quick. don't know if he's good enough in the air, though. That's the thing. And I think yeah. Jones really values that. If you look at the wingers that he picks, they're all very, they're almost fullbacks, aren't they? Which is why I think Liner, why I think it was more surprising that Liner wasn't picked up because he is essentially a fullback, isn't he? Yeah. 
definitely. He's got a bit more of an all-round game, isn't he? But um, he's definitely a finisher. Knows where the try line is, Hustle Collins. Yeah. Reminds me a bit of Ben Cohen. That's all he reminds me of. That's a good shout. Good shout. Right, yeah, he's, that is surprisingly accurate. A bit of mm. what, astute. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I thought it might have confused you again. <laughs> it's the first not shit thing you've said in the podcast for years. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I can't um, argue it. Saracens, though, that to to win against Quinns at the weekend. I mean, they're 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 just the same old Saracens, right? But slightly less cheaty. <laughs> it it was more. It was the manner of the victory, wasn't it? I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't watch the game, but Sarah Quinn's nineteen nine up at half time, you know, and then it felt like, or I, I guess it felt like Saracens just wore them down and just suffocated them until they they just couldn't take any more. Which is what they've been doing for a decade, absolutely forever, yeah. And fair play to Matt as well, who called it at yeah. time. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. Sale, Northampton. Now, Northampton have had some good results at Sale over the years. Um, and if there's a time to play Sale, it's when they haven't got their either of their nines, which a lot of their play tends to go through. So um, so I guess it'll be we... Cliff. It'd be Cliff for sale, wouldn't it? Well, Cliff, no, it was a young lad that um, played. I don't know if Cliff's injured, but he, he wasn't involved on Saturday. So, mm. if he, you know, you'd think that if he was fit, he'd be playing, but it was two young lads. Um, where are we going with this one, then, Russ? Uh, sale at home against Northampton with AJ McGinty probably starting with. Northampton without the likes of Dan Bigger, I'm going to say it will be sale by eight. Ben, what you got? I think, I think this one will be nearly a scratch game. I think bookies might give sale by one. Sale by one. So Russ by sale by eight, Ben sale by one, and it's actually sale by four. So Ben, you get that one. Mother Hubbard. Just. Yeah, sale by four. I mean, that speaks to where these... I I still think sale will have too much beef for, for Saints. I, I think sale and Northampton will struggle against as they showed last week against Leicester and Sale and Saracens and Exeter, even though they've beaten Exeter this season. I just think they're, they're going to struggle against teams that, that can just smash them up. I think that that's, that's one thing that's always been a bit of an issue with Northampton is a real lack of physicality. And the players that offer Northampton even more physicality than what they've got, the likes of Courtney Laws, for instance, is going to be a, a monumental mess as, as he would be out of out of every team, but you know, say bigger. I guess Matavesi won't be around if Fiji are playing this week. Fiji are playing next weekend, aren't they? They're not playing this weekend, I don't think. Um, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. It really is. 
And I just don't think they, they, they're, they're going to be strong enough to, to beat Sale. I think the good thing about Sale's pack, and Ben, I don't know if you um, were going to jump in there, but I've talked over you anyway. The good thing about <laughs> their pack is that... I'll just keep talking. It's going to keep losing. talking over you. They're not actually, <laughs> they're not actually going to lose that many players. Their whole front row stays. Their second row stays. Their back row will stay as well, don't they? Do they lose Ludlam? Did Ludlam yeah, yeah. Up? They'll lose Ludlam, but they can bring in Wood. So, whereas Sale will lose quite a few. I don't know if the Dupriers have been called up by South Africa. One of them has. I think the... Uh, um... They'll definitely lose... Uh, do they lose the hooker as well, Visa? No. No, he's the, he's the eight, isn't he, the Vita there? Yeah. I don't fucking know. So Cobus feast. Oh, um, there's so many Vitas yeah, and I think, Mervers. I, I just think there's the two sides. Sale definitely need a performance and Saints definitely need a performance after that. Getting pumped at home by Leicester. So could be a, d- After After Sale losing, Sale losing to Worcester, I think Sanderson will be literally drilling them into oblivion this week. And literally, li- oh fuck! Well, <laughs> he's not going to draw them into oblivion. I bet um, you edit that out. You, <laughs> I won't. I, I, there's no way I'm finding that again. Um, but he he absolutely will be drilling them into oblivion, and he'll be so pissed off with the way they performed that there'll be a reaction from Sale. Yeah. Anything to add, Ben? No. Cool. So going into the last two fixtures, if Russ wins this one, he gets the week. So Ben, Exeter against Newcastle. Uh, Exeter at home, obviously, I would say by 12. 12 for Ben. Exeter by 12. Russ? I actually think it could be closer. Because the way Exeter have been performing this season, you know, losing to London Irish, only scraping past Gloucester. Whilst the bookies might still see the the historical performances, I think personally it will be closer. Um, but we're talking about the money line. I'm going to say Exeter by ten. Exeter by ten. Uh, it's actually extra by 16. So Ben's going to get that one and take it to the last match of the last match of the first week. Um, I don't see that result really. Not by 16. No. Or the way the extra have been playing. I mean, you'd have to go back and look at the history of the fixtures. I, I seem to remember Newcastle on the back of a few hidings down in Exeter. Longer away, in it. Longer, longest trip in the Premiership. So you know, maybe they don't like the bus journey. But it's good geography, that mate. Thanks. I just like no probably fly down though, don't they? Well, you know, it's the COP twenty six this week, isn't it? So maybe they'll try and do their uh, digital, um, their carbon footprint. I mean, tomorrow Air Force One trying to solve uh, world temperatures. They'd know what the fucking year is. <laughs> it's true. Um, but they just Exeter are. They seem to be in a bit of a, a bit of a state of flux. They can't get going. Their game that they've relied on for quite some time seems to have been taken away from them 
a little bit. Just from that pre-latching. The pre-latching, but also the, you know, the five, the whole five meter scrum thing as well is they used to get held up so many times over the line and then they just get another five meter scrum. So it would that just yeah. be that relent? Now teams can get away from their own line a little bit and force those errors. And as you say, the pre-latching doesn't doesn't help. Um and it's easy, it's a lot easier for teams to defend that type of constrictive play. And I just think it, you know, it makes it uh makes it harder for for Exeter to score the tries that they used to score. 20. How many more how many more games do Exeter need to lose before Baxter starts feeling the pressure? How how much goodwill do you think he has in the bank? I mean, I don't think it's this season. Yeah, I was are we, are say, we talking two seasons worth? <laughs> two seasons worth. What two seasons of missing the playoffs? I don't think it matters too much this season if they miss the playoffs. I'm gonna say it now. He said it. Russ I mean, Wilson. Yeah, not, I don't. I don't think it matters down. too much. Fair. I think t- there's this. Obviously, with Saracens coming back and they've shown what they're. What like, would need yeah. to happen for Baxter to get sacked this, this season? Um, he would have to break into Tony Rowe's office and, <laughs> and pinch physic- one off on the desk. <laughs> physically destroy all Exeter Chiefs related branding and branch, yeah, I was say, and branch out he, on he, his he, own. He might have to I think this is an idea from American. a podcast on its own, isn't it? What would it take for the, the DOR to get sacked? Yeah. I reckon it would he would have to um Take a uh, an RPG to the Southwest Comms building <laughs> and pinch one off on Tony Rose's desk. <laughs> what did you say, Ben? Sorry, I um, really talked over you again. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, okay. I yeah, I just think he he would have to do something literally criminal. Um, <laughs> I mean. He's even allowed to drive his sheep through the centre of town, isn't he? Yeah, pretty sure he's allowed to do Literally. that. Literally, would you so, buy? Would you buy some sheep just so you could do that? I mean, he's probably. I think got he's some, got he? some, isn't he? Yeah, has he? Yeah. Why isn't he doing? I do that every Friday at about half three, <laughs> just as schools were kicking out. But he could get away with it. There'd be enough Exeter fans in that traffic. They'd be like, I don't know. There'd be some going, Oh, you shouldn't be wearing a headdress. There'll definitely be, there'll definitely be a few mums in T fives, yeah. completely unnecessarily. Oh, for sure. Like, why are you driving a T five? You're just taking the kids five miles to school and back. Oh yeah, but it's a lifestyle choice. Fuck off, love. <laughs> oh well, we go camping at weekends. Yes, but it's literally an empty van with a bench seat in the front and two single seats in the back. Russell, they they need that van for the giant double pram that they use to block up all the aisles in Costa. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking waste of space. So that concludes our extensive roundup of the X to be Newcastle match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you so, hang on, on for the result. What's the conclusion that Rob Baxter would have to punch? He'd, um, he'd have to punch... commit a war crime. Yeah, punch a, a middle class. Either. A, um, yeah, punch a middle class woman in a traffic jam 
caused by his own sheep. We're getting yeah. the yeah. sack. There you go. Right. Done. <laughs> as well as genocidal atrocities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So oh, although he'd probably, fit, he'd probably get a job at Newcastle United if he did that. <laughs> uh, right. Last game of the weekend. Wasps against Harlequins. Who you got, Russ? I've got I've got Quins. Um, although they'll be missing Smith and Don Brandt and Liner. Marla. Marla. Yeah, that's that's a few. I don't think the bookies will have them. Liner. Um, said Liner. Cruise Liner. Um, I don't think that the bookies will instill Wasps as favourites. I mean, gone are the days where Wasps are going to lose a lot of players to internationals. Again, a lot like a couple of, of, of other teams. Um, and off the back of uh, that victory at Bath, I think it will be uh, the money line will sit with Quinns and it will sit with Quinns by nine. Okay. Ben. That's a, I think this is the most difficult one of the lot because Quinns are short. Well, this of is where you players. need to re- pre write down your answers because Ben could be tactical here, but you shouldn't be. I think if we do this again, I'll get you to submit your answers before we do it. Ooh. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm like Russ. I think the bookies will still give it to Quinns. So I think Quinns by five. Okay. Ben, you're going to win it. Fuck off, mate. Fuck off, Betfair. Quinns by, Quinns by two. I mean... Uh, wasps are losing literally uh, like wasps no are losing no one yeah and Quinn's losing five of their stars yeah and Joe Marler <laughs> how, how, how many ahead am I uh, you won six to five this week Russ do you want to do Scotland Australia did I miss that one you did Ah, okay. Well, you can do Scotland Australia if you want. Okay. Well, that's that's going to be uh, Australia by twelve. Uh, yeah, Australia by seven. Well, Scot- oh, that's on Sunday, isn't it? That's why I missed it. Yeah. So you've got Scotland by what? Sorry, Russ. Twelve. Uh, no, Australia um, by twelve. Australia by twelve. And uh, Australia by seven. And Ben's going to get that one as well because it's actually Australia <laughs> by three. I mean, Betfair, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I Russ... would suggest that I know what I'm talking about. Betfair does yeah, not. Russ loses 7-5 seven, seven, this week. Oh, um, well, there you go. There you go. Uh, if you enjoyed that, I'll do it again. Yeah. Some juncture that... if we haven't watched a lot of rugby. That That was good fun. And and a, and a good way to talk about rugby without watching much rugby, um, which is good. So let's should we do some any other business and get the flock out of here? Be like Rob Bankster. Yeah. <clears throat> go on, then, Doug. Oh, you want me to go? Oh, do you want me to come back to you? <laughs> no, shock. <laughs> Just for old time's sake. <laughs> go on, Ben. <laughs> um, I've got well under ten percent battery left, so uh, I'll leave it. Oh, fair enough. 
Um, by any other businesses, why are people such tight cunts and won't buy new phones? <laughs> or, or put the phones on charge. For whatever reason you're seeing at 10% battery at 10 to 10. Um, the second series of Dave is on BBC iPlayer. If you haven't watched Dave, give it a look. I, I, I watched a couple of episodes of that the other week. It was on randomly at like half past nine on a Sunday night or 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. Is yeah. it was just a bit weird. Didn't really understand it's, it. It's funny. You watch it from the start. It's just about uh, an aspiring Jewish rapper called Lil Dicky. If uh, you've never heard of him, he's a real life rapist. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> it, like, is sort of a, a a comedy kind of rapper, but it, like, he just apparently just knows everyone in the world because they all turn up in this sitcom at some point. Um, and I, I won't ruin the central conceit, but it's it's a very very entertaining show, quite thought provoking. There's a bloke in it who's bipolar, who's works with Bill Dickey in real life, who's actually bipolar um quite a lot of you know i'm not a left-wing leaning bloke who cares about a lot of left-wing sort of issues but there are common commentaries on certain aspects of uh, cultural appropriation which i think handled very well for somebody that um <laughs> doesn't really care too much for cultural appropriation doesn't really care too much yeah yeah um it's it's just a very well observed show. Do they wear and... Does he wear Native American headdress? Um, no, but <laughs> so he gets they do. Someone has a go at him in an episode for rapping in black voice. I if the episode I watched was the episode with Kareem Abdul Jafar. Jafar. Ah. Oh. That's the episode I watched. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. actually the episode I watched. It's very funny. It, yeah, that's why I found it just odd that he was he was yeah. rapping. In... It, yeah, but if you've if you only watch that episode in isolation, it'll make no sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. You, well, you know, and and there is another show that I'd um, having listened to the Long Snapper this week and heard everyone say that um, you know that typical thing of. I, was, I, I recommended Squid Game, I think, before all the hype, right? Maybe. I'm pretty Probably. sure I did. Like day two of release or something like that. But apparently it's all been seen before and all been done before. Um, if you want something that's completely original um, and will make you laugh and grow to like and care for characters and like well-observed comedy there's a couple of things obviously dave is on iplayer if you've got that it's if you have if um you don't want to sign up to the bbc because you know it's the bbc you can uh watch the first series on disney and also on disney plus there is a series called reservation dogs which is about a group of kids on a native american reservation which is very funny I mean, are you allowed to say that? What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just joking. If, if... Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Well-observed comedy. Unlike mine. Yeah. <laughs> that was the game. <laughs> Shit me. Tough room today. Um, yeah. Re- reservation dogs. <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh god i think that's just bypassed me um so uh the world of uh football premier premier league football management took another drastic turn today for for my team tottenham hotspur where they've sacked another manager this time only after 17 games and we talked about rob baxter earlier having money in the bank obviously Paul Nuno Espirito Santo had absolutely no credit in the bank. And at what point? So management in general, not just of sport or whatever, is, you know, a manager, you're only as good as the people you're managing, whether that is by skill or will or whatever. But at what point do some of these overhyped fucking whinging Premier League footballers just have to, well, I'm going to answer my own question here. The answer is never. But take some responsibility because Tottenham have been utter shit for the entire of this season. Shit to watch, not even being shit to watch and getting good results. Be Just being shit to watch. And fans of any sport, we watch sport to be entertained. Sport's supposed to be entertainment as well as being a results business. And when you've got players that are mediocre at best, that are apparently being toxic in the dressing room because they don't, because they're not getting a game. And I'm looking at you, Harry Winks, because I know that you're listening. Um, it, it's just like, you know, at what point do you, did football stop becoming about working hard and trying to get back in the team to whinging to the chairman that the manager's not picking you because you've been at the club a long time. And I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a new, a new I, phenomenon uh, at all. I think it is an, uh, not, not necessarily new. I think, I think it's a lot more prevalent now than it's ever been. Well, I think it's more widely reported now. I think it's always been a thing. I literally left the team once because I was on the bench for a game. It, it's not about being on the bench for a game though is it it's about it's about not accepting or not doing the right thing to potentially get back in the, get back in the team now we all know that managers again in all walks of life if they don't fancy her they just don't fancy her and that's why players and managers kind of move on in, in general but Mate, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't think it's a new phenomenon. I think it's been going on for years and like decades. What, what I can't understand with sacking of football managers is um, the kind of fan you get on, on the talk shows, the, the phone-ins of, of, of smaller clubs. You know, I can understand sometimes like a club that's, you know, expected to win trophies every season gets rid of a manager but you'll have someone like Watford or Wolves and you've got fans calling for the manager to be sacked because they finished eighth you know, in the premiership or, or it, you know ninth yeah, in the I'll premiership you, my my other team Charlton Athletic we went through a period of real success with Alan Kerbishley got us into the Premier League finished fifth in the Premier League you know we're doing really well then all of a sudden, it wasn't good enough. 
They got rid of Kirbishly, brought another bloke in who got us relegated literally the following season. It, it's just the perpetual that, idiocy yeah. of football fans. It, it never ceases to it, amaze. It, it's like, like Watford with how many managers is it in 10 years? 17. 14 or something. And it's like, what, what do you expect? You, you expect him to finish above Liverpool and Man United every season? Yeah. You know? It's that like Norwich, Norwich have got that Daniel Fark, haven't they? And he, nobody on earth is going to do better with Norwich, Norwich City Football Club. They're just no, 100%. 100%. And they will they always be happy be... that they're in the Premier League every other season. Yeah. That's right. Is it, it, you only got to look down the leagues, a couple of leagues. League One, League Two is littered with teams that were in mate, the Premiership that sacked their managers and never got back up. I was thinking about this the other day, and I and I was only thinking about it because I went to watch Plymouth against Bolton. Right, I went to watch Plymouth Argyle against Bolton, and then I looked at League Two, and uh, sorry, at League One, and in League One for teams that used to be in the in the Premiership, there is Wigan, there is Sunderland. There is Sheffield Wednesday. There is Ipswich. There is Portsmouth. There is Bolton. There is Charlton. You know, all those clubs were you know, not necessarily stalwarts, but they had long, successful periods in the Premier League. Yeah. And they've just fallen away. So just, just to um, give you an indication of what happened to Charlton, 1991 to 2006, I had Alan Kirbishley in charge. So that's what? Nine, 15 years. 15 years. In the interceding 15 years, they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 managers. Wow. And they're currently bottom of League One. Yep. That's what happens when you sack managers constantly. Well, 16 of the 24 championship clubs have all been in the Premier League at, at one point in time or another. Which is... Yeah, it's... It's, it's uh, madness. It's bad. It's bad. There you go. It, there you go. That, that's correct. And that is why Rob Baxter should not get sacked by Exeter unless he takes an RPG to uh, Southwest Comms. Uh, and on that note, Thank you very much for uh, for that little money line game, Douglas. Kind of no passing time. Um, I'm going to play you out with some little dicky. Go on. Okay, so uh, are we just going to call this podcast title Dave or Little Dicky or Lil? D- is it Lil Dicky, as in L I L? Lil Dicky Appreciation Hour. L I L Dicky, D I C K Y, yeah. or I E. Yeah. Punching a T five driver. Yeah. <laughs> Cultural appreciation support. Anyway, we're going. Thanks very much for your time, and I will speak to you all next week. Go well. Podcast Network.